Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me, I can't say fan favorite, but certainly one of my personal favorites, Jeannie Dietrich. <laughs> Founder, CEO, head bottle washer, guru, and grand poobah of Spin Sucks. And you're one of my favorites, too. So there you go. Jeannie. No red flags with you. Writes, pontificates, and does all things in the PR industry, coaching industry. And she is a prolific writer, blogger, speaker, hopefully one day podcaster. So Jeannie, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. It's absolutely my pleasure. So Jeannie, you recently wrote a blog post entitled How to Spot Red Flags in a Business Relationship. And red flags are something the compliance community has to think about all the time. Sure. You're not in the anti-corruption compliance community. You're in a very different community, yet you have red flags in hiring. You have red flags in your business relationships. You have had red flags as an employee, and you wrote Mm -hmm. about all of those. So maybe I could start with, why did you write this post? (laughs) I say that I often write things for myself. And that's a good example of that. I have, my mom calls it my witchy sense, but I have a really in tuned gut. And every time I go against it, or I disobey my gut, we get into trouble. And I recently had a situation where that happened. And so really, that blog post was for me. It's great that it helps other people, but it was a good reminder for me to always look for the red flags and listen to my gut. So you really ended your blog post talking about looking into your gut, but before that, you really laid out a process to think through this. So could we maybe start with your definition of a red flag? Yeah, it's something that when you look at, especially for the work that I'm doing, a business relationship, when you're looking at a business relationship, are there red flags that you see that Either you can get past because there are other advantages or don't allow you to continue the conversation and save yourself time, angst, money, resources, all of that in the long run. So what are some of the common red flags you have seen in your space? I would say in my space, it's things like the person, the prospect doesn't understand public relations or marketing and how it can affect their business. They have unrealistic expectations. I had somebody call the third week of January saying that they wanted to speak at South by Southwest this year. And I was like, yeah, that's no. Oh, I hadn't <laughs> even thought of that. I didn't know you can do that. You can't. It's way too late. If you want to do it next year, we can start that application process now, but it's not going to happen for this year. And so, you know, those kinds of unrealistic expectations where they think that you can work magic, even things like I need you to make the phone ring or I need you to, increase my sales or I need you to fix my sales process or my operations process, those kind of unrealistic expectations. One of the things, frankly, I had not heard before that you detailed was that you should, a compliance practitioner, a business owner, a manager should write down the red flags. Why is detailing those in writing so important? I think it's for a couple of reasons. One, because when you write it down, it becomes more concrete. And number two, you can take it to a meeting with you. You might just have mine in the front page of my notebook and I can just kind of refer back to that and remind myself to ask certain questions to see if those red flags arise. The other thing you mentioned was when you were detailing some of the unrealistic expectations is that 
your evaluation of prospective business relationship doesn't end when they tell you something. You have follow-up questions. And I particularly like the description you gave around the person who wanted the phone to ring. And maybe could you explain (laughs) why that's only one step in the process? Yeah. I mean, if you say, what are your expectations or what does success look like? And he said to me, I want the phone to ring. Okay. But what does that mean? So I asked him, like, what does that look like to you? How many phone calls? Who's going to answer the phone? What happens once the phone is answered? And through that discovery, I found that there wasn't anybody to answer the phone. So we could make the phone ring all day long, but it would just ring. They didn't have a process for following up with all of those, you know, so people could leave voicemails, but there was no process for them to follow up. And same thing, like if you have inbound leads coming in, if there's not a process for those inbound leads, they're just going to sit there. So it's really important. And I say, ask why at least three times. Why is that important? Why is that a goal? Why is that what success looks like? Why, 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 why? I mean, act like you're a (laughs) two-year-old who asks why all the time. That's actually a strategy in the compliance world, and it's called a root cause analysis. uh, Love that, yeah. yeah, That's fascinating. So yesterday I met a person who wanted to talk to me about marketing, and they asked me, well, what's your business development strategy? And I said, well, I answer the phone. (laughs) And it was clear to me I disappointed them in their answer. They wanted some further, and I said, I'm sorry, that's all I do. And um, that works for me. So. You had a great story that every business professional needs to learn, not a compliance practitioner, not a PR executive, everyone. And that's learning to say no. Uh, (laughs) You're not a single business owner, but you're a small business owner. I'm a single business person. And learning to say no is absolutely critical for both of our businesses. But could you tell that story? Because I found it very powerful. I'm trying to remember what story it was. <laughs> it was the story about the person who was extraordinarily difficult to work with and they oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, person yeah. to you. That's a really hard one because when I worked for a big agency, there was somebody that was notoriously known for being extremely difficult to work with. And she ran through people like water. You worked for her and it was a kiss of death. And it got to the point where the management would put the difficult people on her team so that they'd leave because... It was just an easy way to get rid of people without having to fire them. And now that I say that out loud, maybe that's what they were trying to do with me. (laughs) They came to me and I remember my boss said to me, and I loved my boss. She was amazing. She said, if you can't work with her, then no one can. And I remember thinking at the time, like, no, 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 because I don't want to work with her. I already know what her reputation is like. And I was all of 29 years old, so I couldn't really say no. I didn't really have a choice. And I was gone six months later. Why is the ability to say no even more important now in your role as a small business owner? I think the ability to say no is twofold. One, with difficult relationships, difficult business relationships, you have to find, and I say, like, find the red flags. If you can't find any red flags, then it's probably going to be a really great relationship. But your job is to find the red flags. But also for us and for people in the compliance industry as well, we sell our time and you can't scale that. You can't duplicate time. So you have to be really good about saying no to the things that are going to take your time away from the things that you should be doing. As part of the process that you suggest business executives go through, you say that as a goal, you should try to disqualify every opportunity in front of you. Why is that? part of your process? 
I think it's easier to say no when they're disqualified. I'm not great at saying no. And so for me, looking for reasons to be able to say, like, I just had this conversation with a client yesterday where there's all these red flags. And finally, I said to her, sit down and write the pros and cons. And she came back to me and she said, I can't find any pros. And I was like, okay, (laughs) like, then why are we pursuing this relationship? And there were massive red flags along the way. Like they said the retainer was going to be one thing and then they reduced it by 33% and like all this stuff and she couldn't find any real reason. And so it makes it a lot easier to be able to say no when you can't find any pros, you can't find any reason to keep working with them or to work with them in, in general. You also had a couple of sections in your blog post entitled what a red flag might look like on the client side or on the employee side. I was wondering if you just give a few thoughts on both of those points. Yeah, on the employee side, you're really looking at it from the perspective of you may have a crappy boss or you're interviewing for a new job or you're looking for a promotion or something like that and looking for the things that might be alarming. Like, do you value work-life balance? What kinds of hours do you expect me to work? And they may say nine to five, but do they really mean that? So again, asking the figuring out your risk analysis, asking why, 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 why to get to, is that really true? Um, For me, I don't expect my people, my team to work beyond eight to five, but I also demonstrate often that I'm working early mornings and late evenings and weekends. I don't expect my team to do that, but from a leadership perspective, I demonstrate that my actions are different. So I think from an employee perspective, you want to ask those kinds of questions, figure out what's important to you and then ask the types of questions that are going to get you the real transparent, honest truth. From a client perspective, if you're looking for a business relationship or an agency, in my case, you want to find out who is the team that you're going to be working with? What kind of experience do they have? Are they specialists in your industry? What kinds of results do they typically have? You know, ask the things that are important to you. And again, ask why, 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 why to get to figuring out whether or not that's going to be a good relationship for you. So, Jeannie, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if listeners wanted more information on SpinSucks, where can they find it? SpinSucks.com. We're going to link to your blog post in the show notes. This has been a great conversation and a very, I think, unique way for compliance practitioners to consider how to think through red flags and evaluate them and always remember to trust your gut. Thanks so much for taking the time. Always trust your gut. (laughs) Thank you for having me. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.